Time to chat uh, with Richard Callender, uh, not Richard Callender, Richard Freeman, who joins us. Of course, Richard Callender joined us yesterday on Racing HQ, and that uh, podcast is up. Good morning, Richard Freeman. Good morning. I might sue over that. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I thought, oh, dear, oh, oh dear. No. Dear, oh, dear. Uh, isn't it funny, when you, and you would know this from working, when you've got something in front of you, like a piece of oh, paper, no. or it was up on the screen, and away you go. How was I your Christmas, the, mate? I, yeah, happy Christmas to you too, Dave. I used to do it to TK all the time when I worked on the, the breakfast show there. I used to put something in front of him, and then he couldn't get it out of his head, and he'd nah. make a mistake and blame me. <laughs> um, so, look, we've been sort of saying um, this morning to all the trainers that it's one of those things at Christmas time. Obviously, it's great that you get to spend it with some family and friends, uh, but you're sort of at the stables in the morning and the night. Um, the horses, they still need to be fed. Exactly. Look, Christmas time is you know, always a testing time for for uh, anyone involved in the horse business or anyone in the livestock business, really, that, you know, where livestock have got to be looked after all over the Christmas period. You know, you just can't neglect them. They're, they don't know it's Christmas and they deserve to be looked after. So, you know, it is testing... Um, you know, they program a lot of race meetings over Christmas. I understand the reason for that. But, you know, you've got to bear that in mind at other times of the year when you can give racing people some time off because they don't get the time off that, that the people making those decisions get. But it doesn't seem to matter to them. You know, we, we, racing people at all levels of racing need to get some space to have some mm. time off. It's just they're filling up every single day. There's only one day of the year we don't race in Australia, and that's Christmas Day. They even race on on Good Friday. Now, we don't in New South Wales, but, you know, it, it's it's just got to be looked at. You can't, you can't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm. Do you think it's a, out of all... I mean, we've obviously got, you know, we're an evolving sport, as we always will be, as, as all sports are, but do you think it's probably one of the most critical points that we really need to look at? I think I think that the whole thing around the the, work, the racing workplace has to be looked at from the the training perspective because you know we've got people getting up in the middle of the night unnecessarily to train horses, um, working split shifts, uh, sometimes working seven days a week with racing on seven days a week, and it's all very well for people to say, oh, you don't have to race. Well, that's not how it works. The reality is. Your owners expect you to race where the horse needs to go, and if that happens to be on a Sunday, well, that's a Sunday. So, you know, that's it, it, it is a, it's in an aspect that has to be borne in mind uh, when people are, are making decisions because their experience of racing is not necessarily the same as everybody else's. Mm, interesting point, and uh, something that we needed to keep discussing. Uh, what about looking ahead to Saturday first before we touch on today? I know you've got a couple of runners up in Queensland. Very impressed with this fashion legend and what he did last time out uh, at uh, Eagle Farm. Yeah, he's a nice horse in the making, fashion legend. He, he seems to have improved since his uh, win up there at Eagle Farm where he beat older horses and he ran some pretty good late sectionals in that race. So, um, you know, we think he's a nice horse in the making. He's probably still six to 12 months away from what he'll be. He's not fully developed physically or, or mentally yet. But um, he's on his way. He, get, he finds a nice race in that uh, Barogo. I haven't seen the acceptances, I don't think, have closed yet. They close in a minute or two up there in yeah. Queensland, I think. Uh, so we don't know what the field is. But just looking at the, the uh, weights and nominations, it, it, it looks a race that he could be very competitive in.
All right, uh, we go to another one, to one Diva, who I saw Brian Smith chatting, uh, I think it was with Bernie yesterday on the uh, the socials, but he's been impressed and no doubt he's given some good reports to you guys. She's just knocking on the door, isn't she? Well, he knows her very well. She spends as much time with him in Queensland as she spends with us in Sydney. Um, and he knows that mare very well. And she look, she never runs a bad race in, the, in that mare's grade, stakes grade, when the track's firm, she she really never runs a bad race. And sometimes the weight beats her, sometimes her, you know, a barrier draw will beat her, but she's never far away. If she gets those two things in her favour, she's extremely hard to beat at that level. You've got one going around today. I'm tipping we'll name this off to Hizzle. Uh, race two, number 12, the Hellbent filly, who's uh, trialled up nice. Well, Will can't be blamed or credited for that name because uh, I was just talking to one of, off the Hizzle's part owners yesterday, said his mum named it. Oh, right. And his mum is, you know, well, I'm, I'm taking a liberty here, but I'm, I'm thinking she's no spring chicken. And to come up with a name like Off, off the Hizzle. Off the Hizzle, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. anyway, I'm a bit surprised how short she's come up in the market. I see that she's, you know, $3.50 thereabouts, up to $4 or something in the marketplace. Um, she did trial very well her first trial when Nash rode her. Um, and not, not so good the second time. We were scratching our head a little bit. Um, but Nash is back on her now, so obviously Nash, you know, is, is, might be a bit confident here. Um, I think she's probably lacking in experience, and I think there's probably a couple of others in the race that, that might be a little bit too experienced for her. But I think she'll be you know, thereabouts. I think she can run a good race provided she jumps with them and, and positions well. And what about Fast Response, who gets thrown in the deep end uh, in the Gosford Guineas? Yeah, well, he's probably earned his crack at that. Just there's a, there's a few in the race that are going to be hard to toss. I think Hell I Am will be hard to beat, obviously, in Russian Conquest. They they both look obvious, uh, good chances. But there's a couple of others in there as well. Um, he's you know he's out to the double figure odds. But every every indication that we've had with him since he last ran is that he's improved somewhat, and all the data around him at the moment says to me that he'll run a good race, whether he's got. You know, whether he's quite ready yet to beat these sort of horses at this level, well, that'll remain to be seen. And it does depend what happens from the gate. I mean, he drew barrier seven, but there's a couple came out inside him, so he's into barrier five. If he can find the one-one or thereabouts and get some cover, I think he'll run on well. Yeah, okay. The the horse of Gerald's that beat him last start, Banana Queen, they've got a big opinion of her, don't they? Oh, yeah. I, I saw her beat Forbidden Love in a barrier trial at Rose Hill this you know earlier this preparation she's she's a, i think a fairly underrated horse and will go right through to saturday metro grade so um yeah she she is better than than she first appeared great to talk to you richard richard freeman uh and i'll see you a little bit later on at gosford mate good as gold